You're listening to Head Table Talk, and I'm your host, Meredith. Every week, I sit down with a wedding industry professional, and we chat the ins, outs, and in-betweens of the wedding industry. So please, join us at the head table and prepare your toasts. Hello, guys. Just a quick little intro this week. I hope your January was fantastic. I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like January is like the longest month of the year. And so I'm kind of glad it's done. February, obviously the shortest month of the year, but feels long. I'm kind of over the sun setting early, ready for that time jump coming up in March. Just over this cold. I know I talk about the weather a lot, but it really does affect my mood. And it's just been really, really damn cold lately. And I'm over it. Um, That kind of actually leads me into my Ask Meredith Anything question for this week, which is, do you plan on traveling at all this year? Any travel plans? The answer is yes, of course, I love traveling. Um, Coming up in February, I'm going to Pensacola, Florida to do an engagement session, which I'm very excited for. I've never been to that part of Florida. I've only been to Florida once for space camp when I was in high school. Um, So I'm excited to, to get to see the Gulf Shores a little bit. And then in November, for sure, is it November or December? Somewhere in there. We are going to North Carolina. We're going to the Outer Banks. Very excited for that. And then I might be going to California this year, looking to go visit my sister in Colorado. So yeah, going to kind of travel a little bit all over the place this year. I know I always have some trips that pop up here and there, but um, yeah, I love travel and I feel like it just gives me something to look forward to during this time. Oh, I have a wedding in Colorado this year too, in October. It's going to be gorgeous. So yeah, let me know some of your favorite places that you've traveled to that you think I should go to because I love finding out new places that might be like some hidden gems. Anyways, we have a great episode this week. New sponsor alert. Make sure to listen to it to the, all the way to the very end. Don't press that 15 second forward through this ad because I promise you, you don't want to miss out on this one. All right, we will be right back with our guest. Head Table Talk is sponsored by Hinterland Music Festival. Hinterland Music Festival is three days of music curated for all who love both music and the outdoors. In a beautiful rural escape outside of Des Moines, Iowa, the music festival features camping, art, crafts, family engagement, and more. Taking place this year, August 4th through the 7th, with a lineup you won't want to miss. Some bands I'm personally looking forward to are Glass Animals, for sure, Rainbow Kitten Surprise as well, Billy Strings, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, Phoebe Bridgers, Muna, Jenny Lewis. There are so many great bands. Head to hinterlandiowa.com for details, safety guidelines, festival tickets, camping passes, and more. Also stay tuned to our Instagram for a giveaway coming up. See you at Hinterland. On this week's episode, we have Beth Versman of Timeless Florals. Timeless Florals preserves both fresh and pre-dried flowers and greenery from your big day. From ornaments, coasters, wine stoppers, and more, Beth takes your blooms and preserves them for a lifetime. I sent my wedding florals to Beth after my wedding, and I cried when I got them back. 
I loved my wedding flowers on my day and now I get to enjoy them forever and hand them down to eventually my kids. So welcome to the head table, Beth. Hello. Thank you, Meredith. And thank you for the introduction. Your flowers were so fun to play with. Your bouquet was a mix of dried elements and fresh elements. So whenever I get to, you know, play and be creative with multiple types of flowers, it's always a lot of fun. So I'm glad you yeah. loved them. Yeah. I had never really thought about it before. And then I just like f- saw my flowers the morning of my wedding and I was like, I spent money on these and I want to somehow use them forever. So then we stayed at my boss's or my husband's boss's lake house for like our little mini honeymoon right after our wedding. And I literally like looked up on Etsy, like preserve flowers. And I found you and I just fell in love with your stuff and like shipped them off the next day because you invest so much money in your wedding day flowers and you want to preserve them forever. So yeah. Thank you for existing. (laughs) Of course, of course. And there's a couple interesting things that you just said, Meredith. I have a huge amount of respect for the girls in the industry. Most of them are women. There are a few men, I assume, not that I've met. Um, But a lot of the people in the industry, you have to pre-book with them. So when I wanted to preserve my wedding girls, I my bouquet the morning of, I was like, you know, holy smokes, I think I can preserve these, you know, and I want to ship them off, but I'm also going to try, I wanted to try doing it myself as well. But there's a lot of girls that look the morning of and realize you have to book two, three, five, six months in advance. So I feel like setting up my shop on Etsy specifically and creating a platform where you can look after your wedding um, has really helped a lot of girls that think about it like the day of when they have the shock value of their bouquet and they're like, I got to keep these. So yeah, I, I love customers like you. And I think that that's kind of a cool area of the market to be able to serve. Yeah, that's such a cool thing. Cause when I first started looking, I was kind of freaking out a little bit because it was like a bunch of like people saying you had to pre-order and stuff, but luckily I found you and <laughs> I feel like we've just like gotten along from the get-go. I've reordered some stuff from you. So it's it's kismet, as they say. Yes. Yeah. Meant to be. Loved yes. it. Yes. Um, so you kind of alluded a little bit how you got into preserving florals, but can you kind of tell our listeners how you got into the business? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been um, obsessed with all things plant landscape design. I love potted arrangements, you know, you name it. So when it came to designing my own flowers, I put a tremendous amount of time and effort into kind of picking the color palette all the way down to what type of greenery I wanted, what type of flowers and their meaning and how I wanted that meaning to tie into my big day. So I probably took it overboard with planning the bouquet. But once I'd put all that work into it, I was like, I have to be able to preserve these. So I just started by playing. Um, and I there are so many ways to dry flowers. There's pre-drying, there's pressing, there's silica, there's Um, I mean, like you name it, there are so many ways. So I started playing around and in order to play, I needed a source of florals. So I actually, this is kind of when COVID was starting, I was a at risk of losing my job, 
looking for a way to play with flowers more. There was the cutest little flower shop right down the road from my house called The Potted Plant in Carlville, um, Missouri. And I rode my bike there and I was like, guys, I, I live a, a, like five minutes away from you. I'd love to work part-time, but I also want the flowers that you are finished with. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that you're going to throw in the dumpster, I want those because I want to practice with them. Mm-hmm. So they um, were generous enough to donate me their scrap flowers. I started playing around with pressing, freeze drying, silica gelling um, flowers. I found a couple mediums that I loved. Um, I actually planned to press my flowers into a frame after my wedding. Um, but having seen them, it's really hard. Like you have a peony, you have a dahlia, you have a flower with a lot of girth and a lot of beauty and a lot of structure. And to smash that, it was just like, I'm not feeling that. So, you know, I jumped into resin and it's a practical art. It's coasters, it's trays, it's ring holders. It's things that you look at and interact with every day. Um, And I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I got really good at it. I started doing it for friends and family. They said, you can charge for this. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a hobby. But no, it it took off through referrals and um, it's been it's been awesome since it's still kind of a side hustle hobby and I think it will be forever, but no, it's, it's definitely a passion now it's grown. So, and it's just, I'm literally speechless because the work that you do is just so beautiful. So for the listeners to know, I have a tray from you, six coasters, two ornaments, a ring holder, and a couple head pieces. And I just went all out because I think at first I just ordered an ornament and the ring holder. Mm -hmm. And And then tray. Yeah. Yep. And then you had like put in like your Etsy page that like you keep the extras in case you want to add more. And my husband was like, we'll just have her use all of it and get as much as we can because why not? So then we ordered coasters and we honestly use them every day. We really do. We, we just got a new coffee table and obviously we don't want any watermarks on it. It's like, we have all of our coasters out there and now we have our tray out there that we just like sit like other things on. And it's a, it's seriously such a like statement piece. Whenever somebody comes to our house and they see the tray, like they're mind blown by it. It's yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I'm so So, glad you're happy. So what are some of like your favorite pieces to make? Mm, I love um, any sort of coaster or ornament is a lot of fun. I feel like working in a smaller space and understanding, I try to design my pieces with kind of aspect ratio in mind. It's not a random willy-nilly throw the stuff in there for fun. Having like in your case, I think you ordered like either four or six coasters. Those are six different canvases that I get to design on and be creative with and, you know, kind of mess with the composition of the flowers and the colors and the balance um, and the white space. And I, I like the smaller scale things just because it allows me the opportunity to play more. Um, 
trays are so popular right now. Um, that's one big canvas and it's a lot of layers and it's sanding and it takes a lot of finishing. So while those are my biggest sellers, they are not my favorite to make um, for the simple fact that so much can go wrong. And when something goes wrong, you're scrapping it and doing it all over again. Mm -hmm. But all in all, it's hard to choose a least favorite. I, I love it all. Yeah. And I love how you alluded to this a little bit earlier because I took some of my bridesmaids bouquets and just like pressed them in a book. And you're right. Like flowers are a three-dimensional, beautiful thing. And I had like some roses and ranunculas and having those pressed, not that they aren't as pretty, they just kind of lose a little bit of their self with it. So the fact that like they're they can be preserved in kind of their 3D, you know, full form. I think it's just so special and beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Another, so this is not on my website yet. It's not an offering. I like to practice and play before I release any sort of new product that I commit to making. Um, you want to make sure, I like to make sure I have it mastered before saying like, oh yeah, I can do that with your flowers. Um but I am about to release a six by six hexagon um, that's about three inches deep. So like those really big peonies and like the really big roses, oh. I can put those in whole now and they can keep all of their composure and I can. So the one that I'm working on right now yeah. is actually my sister-in-law. She handed her mother a rose mm -hmm. during her ceremony mm -hmm. um, kind of as the handing off uh, bit the rose had a beautiful white David Austin rose in the middle, some baby breath and some greenery. And instead of having to flatten those, mm -hmm. I, you know, I preserved them as is. They look exactly they do like they do the day that she received it from her daughter on her wedding day. And I was able, I, like, I, I captured that in time. Um, so I can't, I can't wait to start offering that to other girls. It's a little bit more expensive, a little bit more time, a lot more resin goes into it, but I think it's really special. So that sounds amazing and so cool. And you're right. The way you said, like it, you capture it kind of in time. I mean, I'm a photographer. So like, I love like obviously taking pictures of the bouquets, but being able to like physically hold on to something and physically see something is I feel something that like we may have lost in the digital age, you know, because like, we can just look through pictures through our phones and stuff like that, but being able to like hold something and see it with our eyes and with our hands, I think is just, I feel like it brings you closer to it. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are some pieces that, you know, especially with ornaments, it mainly happens with ornaments, but with like a runaculus they talked about earlier, they can be pretty girthy flowers and they're the middle part around the stamen is really hard. Mm. So you can't really, flatten that you can't remove it because that's what the petals are hanging on to so I've had some really beautiful ones that I'm like I'm just gonna lay this in this ornament and I'm gonna hope that I can dome coat it enough mm. to keep it you know to make sure I have a solid finish on top of it there have been two or three times when I couldn't get my top coat thick enough that I actually had to send a picture to the bride and be like, hey, listen, there's some texture here. Um, you can feel the petals. You can feel the stamen. It's under resin. It's never going anywhere. You can't bend it or break mm -hmm. it. Um, but brides that have, that's happened with, 
they've been beautiful mistakes because now, you know, I sent that home to them and they can touch, they can feel, they Mm -hmm. can, you know, it it adds another layer of connection to that bouquet um, that hung by your side through your entire wedding day. Now, instead of just touching it, holding it, you can actually like feel the texture of the flowers. And um, I nerd out a little bit, but I think that's really cool. No, I I totally agree. When I was planning my wedding, you know, everyone debates like whether like, you know, florals are worth the investment because it does get a little bit spendy. But I think when you throw in that this aspect to it where you can preserve it forever and pass it down, I think it's to me, it's a no brainer. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's great. And I just uh, recently, I guess, with it being cold outside, I don't really know why, but I've gotten a lot of like wood flowers and a lot of silk flowers. but even for the folks that choose not to go the fresh route, you know, it's, you can set your wood flowers on your shelf and look at them and dust them off for the next 50 years, <laughs> or you can make them into a coaster or an ornament. You use them functionally on your coffee table, you Something know, when practical. you're enjoying a glass of wine with your husband. And yeah, exactly. And that's why I wanted to go with like the hair clips because having baby girls runs in my family. So I'm sure we will have daughters. And so yes. I intended, you know, eventually handing those down because the wedding jewelry that you wear on the day, like you only have so many pieces, you know? Right. So being able to add the flowers. That's so like, special. Yeah. And like, I wish I had something like that of like my grandmother's from her wedding day. So truly like yeah. heirloom pieces. To be able to hand that down. Yeah. That'll be yeah. great. That's so sweet. Um, So I get a lot of brides who ask me about just floral preservation in general. Um, And like, I've had some brides say, you know, like, oh, like I tried like hanging my flowers upside down in a closet, but then it gets all moldy. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that kind of why you went the resin route or like, how did you land on your mode of attack? Yeah, I, um, the resin route, um, you know, it's interesting because with resin, well, let me back up. I've done probably five or six pieces. Actually, my backdoor neighbor, her parents both passed away um, pretty recently of COVID. And she kept one rose from each of their funerals. Mm-hmm. And it's been hanging upside down in her closet for months and months and months. And, you know, I posted something on Facebook of me in my personal protective gear because I wear a full tox suit. I have a full face respirator. I have goggles. Like I look like I walked off the set of the Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, just moved into a new house. So I send this photo to my neighbors and I'm like, guys, if you see me dumping water vases out my back door in this outfit, please don't call the police. I'm not making meth. I promise. <laughs> Um, and so I linked my Etsy shop and I was like, here's my alibi. Um, and she immediately reached out. She's like, I have, I have two roses from, you know, special, meaningful, um, you know, impactful time in my life. Can you, can you do anything with them? Um, and I said, absolutely. And I'm going to make her a couple ring holders out of them and she'll be able to pass that down to her kids and have something to hold on to and look at every day in remembrance of her parents. So even for the brides, and I get asked that question quite a bit, for the brides that didn't really think about floral preservation prior to falling in love with their flowers, um, if they did hang it upside down in a closet, you know, send that my way. I can totally, you know, 
can totally make something usable, tangible out of that. But the way that I fell on the medium, I think is just that, you know, you can press something in a book and look back at it. You can take a photo and look back at it. I wanted to be able to hold, use, Mm -hmm. and tangibly kind of display my flowers for the next hundred years. Um, So I think resin was a really good medium to be able to do that. I also, I do a lot of pressed frames because I think I mentioned earlier, maybe I thought it earlier, but I originally wanted to do a pressed frame with my bouquet. Um, And that's when, you know, I saw the depth of the dahlia and I saw the depth of some of my other flowers, the ranunculus. And I was like, I can't squash this. Like it has to, it has to retain its structure, but a frame is a really good way to incorporate more of your flowers. If you want every type of greenery, if you want every type of detail flower and you want five, six, seven of your primary showstopper flowers, the frame's the way to go just because you can showcase all of it. I can put the whole dang bouquet in that thing. But for those of us that don't need every single flower, resin might be a, uh, no, a different yeah. thought, a different route to go. Can you kind of take us through, like, you don't have to go into, like, a lot of detail, but, like, kind of, like, a step-by-step, like, how the process works from, like, the bride shipping it to you to you finishing the product? Totally, totally. And I get this question. I'm glad we're covering it because I get this question a hundred times a week. (laughs) So the bride has her special day. Best case scenario or usually one of the more efficient ways to handle things is hand your bouquet off to somebody you trust. Mothers of the bride are the best ones to ship your bouquet because they care. They put love into it. They take their time. They read the instructions. So shout out to all the mothers of the bride. (laughs) They do it right. But hand your bouquet to somebody that you can trust with it. Um, It's going to cost anywhere between $20 to $50 to have it overnighted. Um, If your wedding is on a Saturday, ship it on a Monday and overnight it. If your wedding is on a Tuesday, you know, ship it that day or the next day and two day ship it. Um, But usually I receive all my bouquets on Tuesdays and Wednesdays that those days I have a couple women come over. We go downstairs, we open up the box wine and we start taking (laughs) the bouquets. So uh, we receive the bouquets, we open it up, we pull the order out of our queue book. Um, and I would, I took Meredith's order sheet, I took your flowers, and we took the bouquet apart, putting all the roses together, all your palm fronds together, all your greenery together. And then we pick the cream of the crop. So we take the best roses, the best greenery, etc. Um, and then we look at what items you ordered because there are different pressing techniques for every item. Okay. I'm going to press an, a ranunculus for a wine stopper much differently than I'm going to press a ranunculus for a tray. So we then break that bouquet down into, okay, these three ranunculus, we need those for her coasters. We need these four for the tray. So we divvy the products up based on what your order is. And then we always make sure to have extras. From that point, we're all organized. We're cut apart. We've thrown away the stems, the scraps. We recharge our silica gel, uh, throwing that in the microwave for five minutes, bringing it back to life. Silica gel is basically what comes in the little packets 
like in your shoes or whenever you get, get a new purse, it pulls the moisture out of those packages. So the gel is the raw sand inside of those tiny little pillow packets. Okay. We recharge that, we put it into a box, we press everything appropriately in those boxes based on what you ordered, slap the lid on it, make sure that it's airtight, and then we write your name, your order number, what you ordered, and the date of your wedding on that box. All of the bouquets from that weekend go on a shelf, um, and they sit there and they take a nap for four weeks. To dry a rose, if you look at the instructions, takes three to four days. But if, you know, if you have a rose in silica gel and you pull it out after the sixth day and there's a little bit of moisture in it and you put it in resin, Mm. that rose will be rotted and fuzzy and green and brown and nasty within three years. So I grossly, grossly, grossly Mm -hmm. overestimate the time that they need to sit in silica gel just because I'm not taking any chances. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have wanted anyone to take any chances just to rush through orders and print out money with my bouquet. So I don't do that to my brides. So they sit, they dry for four weeks um, and then I pull them out. And then with resin, you can only pour about a fourth of an inch at a time. So I put down my base layer of resin I do my designing, it waits 24 hours, and then I add another fourth of an inch every 24 hours. Wow. Um, Yeah. So after that's done, it has to sit and cure for about a week. Uh, We do some finishing touches to it. We ship it up, we pack it up, and we ship it out. So all in all, the entire process takes about 10 weeks. That's amazing. Holy cow. And and your whole like PPE, doing everything. (laughs) Yeah. It uh, it took a lot of trial and error to figure that out. I'm sure. I'm sure. I will say getting those products in the mail was like so exciting though. You know, like when you get like your wedding photos back, you get excited again. And then getting those products in the mail like was very exciting as well. Yeah. You get your baby back. You get your bouquet back. Yeah. And then the ornament, we put that on our tree this year and just like so like we got it, we put it in our Christmas box and then put it up on our tree this year, like pulling it out with all of our other ornaments, like just brought back memories. So I'm so excited to yeah. be able to do that every year for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And then your daughters and their daughters yeah. will be able to pull this out. How cool would that be? Like generations from now, like, oh, that was your great, great, great grandma's wedding flowers. Like, how cool is that? I know. I'm getting teary. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's so cool it's so cool and so you just moved into a new house and you kind of have a new like little studio space right yes oh my gosh my studio is absolutely bonkers um so in my last space when when we were building this house we were living with my in-laws in their basement um and I love my in-laws dearly and they are so kind and so generous I had a bit of an oil leak one night because I used some different machinery to, you know, make the process work. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wearing, you know, this giant face respirator. You could have, you know, held a bottle of 100% acetone under my nose and I wouldn't have been able to smell it. Um, But I'm degassing my resin and oil is leaking out of my vacuum chamber. And if you've ever smelled raw oil, it smells like a mechanic shop. 
Mm-hmm. And my studio at the time was fairly close to their bedroom. So my mother-in-law comes downstairs and like, she knocks on the door and I have my music on, I'm in, in my space. And she's like, she like pinched her nose. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so, you know, I took off all my headgear and she's like, something smells. And I took a moment, the respirator was off. And I was like, oh my God, something smells. Like it hit me like a brick to the face, but no, they were so, so patient with me. And I mean, I had seven bouquets dropped off every week. I had boxes of resin. I had new molds. I had shipping supplies. My father-in-law was out every three or four hours pulling in packages off the porch. So um, if they wouldn't have shown me the grace and generosity that they had, I would never have been able to pull this off. So super, super thankful for that. That's amazing. yeah. Yeah. And we built the house and... In their basement, I was on, I had two folding tables uh, for a production space. And then I had one folding table with my resin, my mixing supplies, some storage. Um, And then I had another folding table with just microwaves. It's like where I cut the bouquets part. Mm -hmm. So going from that to, I think I have about 600 square feet. Wow. 63 straight feet, like linear feet of countertop table or countertop kind of production space. It's, it's kind of unreal. And it's, I got to design it myself. So that was fun. I'm so amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) For real though. (laughs) Absolutely. Sponsor this podcast, Ikea, please. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you're based in St. Louis, but brides anywhere can send you their flowers, right? In the United States. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, there are some challenges uh, with shipping live flowers internationally Mm. and also from Hawaii. Um, I'd Mm. love to be able to take orders from Hawaii, (laughs) but getting stuff through customs, especially live plants, they're very protective of their ecosystem there in and out. Um, So I respect that in a huge way, Um, but that's not waters that I've treaded in. Yeah, that's so interesting. I guess I never thought about that aspect of it, but. Anywhere in the 48 states. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. If I can drive there, I'll take your flowers. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been so great talking with you, Beth. This has been such an interesting podcast and I'm just so, so thankful our paths crossed. I am too. It's been fun working with you and talking about the podcast and it was awesome working on your flowers. So hopefully we can uh, stay in contact and keep the relationship going. Oh, absolutely. At the end of every episode, we toast to something in the last like week or so that has, you know, made us laugh, made us happy, or maybe not. So I'm going to go first if that's okay. Of course. I feel like this makes sense for this podcast episode. I'm going to toast to my new coffee table. (laughs) We ordered it like Black Friday and it finally got here. We had been looking forward to it. It literally has like some storage on the inside and the top like lifts up so we can eat on it. Um, And now I like we just had like a really shitty like fabric ottoman before. And Uh I felt like guilty putting pretty things on it because I was like, I need something pretty to set these things on. So Now that we have that, we have all of like our floral stuff out there. We have our beautiful wedding album on the way. So I'm just glad it's here. (laughs) Awesome. And getting it shipped to you. I'm sure there were delays. Oh my gosh. There are with everything right now. 
it was worth it. Yes. And to be the centerpiece probably of your living space, I'd say Mm -hmm. that's something to spend some time, money and effort on. Yes. Yes. Would you like to toast to something? I would. I would like to give a huge shout out to USB charged coffee warmers. I have one that I plug into my desk. It keeps my coffee warm all day. And when I'm finishing like the last couple sips at 11 o'clock, right before lunch, it's still hot. Like there's nothing that small that has brought me that much joy in a very long time. (laughs) USB coffee warmer. Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, that was one of the white elephant gifts of my family last year. And I skipped out on it and I'm kind of regretting it. Oh, mistakes were made, Meredith. Yeah. Well, I have like a, a Yeti coffee mug. So I was like, meh. So, Ooh. yeah, but that's a good snack. Good to know. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so great to finally be able to chat with you face to face. Yes. Likewise. It's been fun. Take care. Yes. All right, listeners, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Bye.